Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Well, she's back in the bullpen today. We have Miss Amber Athey, Washington editor at Spectator and co-host of O'Connor and Company on WMAL. All right, we're gonna chop it up about this freedom convoy that everybody's talking about. Amber, good day, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, so I don't wanna know, I don't wanna presume what you know or believe about this freedom convoy. So if you would share your sentiment and I will respond. Absolutely, well, I think what's happening here is that the public health officials in Canada thought that they could pressure people into getting the vaccine by making their lives as inconvenient as possible. And yeah. the truckers said, guess what, we can do that too. And they have been protesting on, a, on various streets in Ottawa for a few weeks now. I know recently they cleared the bridges, I applaud that because those were an impediment to people being able to access emergency services as well as cross the border. But right now they don't appear to be that much of a threat to you know, the everyday lives of people outside of the, um, the ability of people to get access to goods. But that's part of what a protest is. It's about inconveniencing people. And these truckers, I think, have a, a righteous cause in saying that mm. we don't need a vaccine to be able to do our jobs and it should be a okay. personal decision. All right, so since you are saying that protest is about inconvenience, you agree with me then that when a Black Lives Matter protest happens in Florida and they stop traffic, that they should not be arrested and charged with a felony per the now law of Georgia signed by Governor DeSantis. You disagree with Governor DeSantis as it relates to that law because protests are to make people uncomfortable and inconvenient, correct? Well, as I said, I do believe that protests shouldn't be blocking people's access to emergency services. And in some cases, when protests are blocking highways, for example, they do prevent ambulances and other emergency vehicles like fire trucks from getting to emergencies. And so that's a problem. But okay. I live in DC and I will tell you that driving to work sometimes, I come across all kinds of protests downtown where streets are blocked off. You have to take alternate routes. And I respect those people's right to protest. That's mm -hmm. part of the First Amendment. And I believe that Canadians have that right too. Sure. Um, particularly considering the truckers are protesting um, a mandate that applies to both their uh, travel between the Canada, between Canada get, and the United States. I'm gonna get into that. Now, initially when you started your proclamation here, you said that basically these truck drivers are not creating a significant problem for Canadians. Well, that's not true. Not only are they creating the significant problem of disrupting commerce, as you have already noted, they are also creating the significant challenge of emergency services. Uh, and they do not care for the most part. And 11 individuals have been arrested and many of them who were arrested were actually found to have body armor, automatic weapons, and they had a plot to kill police officers in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Well, obviously I condemn any use of violence in protest. I feel the same way about any violence that breaks out during Black Lives Matter protests, I believe in condemning violence that breaks out in Antifa protests. And again, I'm pretty consistent on the fact that I don't think access to emergency services should be blocked. Okay. Obviously, when truckers protest, it's going to be a side effect of that protest that commerce gets disrupted. Okay. So and without get having that, right. Let's get into the truckers protest because you're right, this is trucker led. And here's the catalyst of the protest, it's not even over vaccines. 
Uh, what you may not know is that 91% of truckers are already vaccinated that are stationed in Canada, meaning they have a Canadian license to drive a truck. 91% of them are already vaccinated. The issue was when you come from America or any other country, but basically America, and you are not vaccinated and you choose to not get vaccinated, well, there's a quarantine period that Canada says must happen, okay? So you have a minority of Canadian truckers who are now involved in this protest that has created massive media content without the context of the fact that they are the minority here. They are a small minority and the numbers have been exaggerated by pundits on the right. One pundit claimed you had 50,000 truckers. Now that's a damn lie. Another one said 20,000, another lie. You had maybe a thousand, possibly. Right, So they're exaggerating the numbers, they are exaggerating the movement, and the vast majority of truck drivers in Canada already have the vaccination and adhere to the protocol. Tell me why do you think this movement is being represented as some kind of majority movement of Canadian sentiment when that could not be further from the truth? Well, let me tell you that just because someone is vaccinated does not mean that they support mandates. I received one dose of the vaccine. I got the J&J. I absolutely oppose mandates. And here's why. The vaccines don't stop you from catching or spreading the virus. They're a method of personal protection to reduce your risk of severe illness or hospitalization or death. So in that sense, it should be a personal choice. Just because the vast majority of truckers are vaccinated doesn't mean that there aren't vaccinated people protesting for the right of people to remain unvaccinated. And that doesn't mean that the rights of those 9% matter any less than the people who have already chosen to get that vaccine. And I understand the quarantine period. What these truckers are asking for is that they receive an exception for multiple reasons. One, again, the vaccine mandate does not adhere to the scientific reality of the vaccines. And number two, Truckers are not interacting with very many people when they're delivering goods. For the most part, they're in their cabs for hours on hours a day and only interact during that brief transition period where they are unloading goods to storefronts. So the idea that they even need to be vaccinated because they're posing some severe risk to people in the first place is just not accurate. You know, it is interesting. You know, we talk about something called herd immunity, right? And granted, you can never get to herd immunity just by having a silo of vaccination here or silo of vaccination there. The reality is in order to reach herd immunity as a species, we have to engage in this process as a human race. Now I'm with you on the individual healthcare side. I do believe in religious as well as medical exemptions. As a matter of fact, in America, you not only have a religious exemption, you and I'm talking about for professions that mandate it, you have a religious exemption. You also have a philosophical exemption and you could obtain a medical exemption, which means it's actually not a mandate. It's a de facto protocol is what it is. But when you go to a place like Canada, remember the rule only applies to those who leave outside of Canada and come back into Canada. That's where the rule applies. And they're looking at this not from the not from the perspective of just an individual health issue, but instead a public health crisis. And a public health crisis is an ecosystem of healthcare that includes the weight that you place on your local emergency services and hospitals. Let me give you an example. Well, Omicron hit America. I'm on the board of directors of a major hospital. Well, Omicron hit. Omicron was five times more infectious than the previous variants, right? But it was less harmful based on the observable science. What did that mean? That meant 
that more people were going to the hospital than ever before, even with the even from the first, even more so than the first variant of COVID. They were going to the hospital because they were tested positive for COVID, right? What was happening? That meant people inside of that hospital that needed other services as it relates to cancer, as it relates to HIV AIDS, as it relates to emergency heart conditions. Well, they could not be seen because hospitals did not have the capacity. That's why this is a public health issue. 88% of everyone who was hospitalized in the state of Georgia for COVID did not have a COVID vaccine. That's the public health narrative. That's the reason why you cannot only apply the lens of individual health care. Do you get my point here? I do understand your point. However, I do find it interesting that COVID-19 seems to be the only public health issue that we tell people that they're not allowed to come to the hospital at a certain rate because they could overwhelm hospitals. We don't do that during flu season or other potential public health crises where people are going to the hospital at very high rates. We That's certainly actually don't not true. That's not true. Hospitals will routinely place a temporary protocol if they have found there to be high infections of the flu or other viruses. But they don't require people to go and get a flu shot, right? Well, so no. there, there and, is and, a fundamental and Even if you have there. a shot, no, no, no. Even if you have a shot, the protocol of that hospital does not change. Remember, they're dealing with it from the perspective of a public health crisis. And right, so that's this, my point. We don't require people to go get a flu shot because hospitals could become overrun. We still allow people to make that choice based on their yeah. individual risk factors. And well, let me take again, your point about the religious and, and medical exemptions. Okay, so let me respond to that before, you, before sure. you get to that. Let me respond to that. Uh, naturally, we're still observing a very new virus in America. We get to sit back and pontificate about the decision of schools and decision of colleges and healthcare facilities and companies. But science means observing the data, observing the data as it comes. I would prefer for institutions to be careful to be on the side of caution as it relates to our interpretation and observation of this particular virus. We have observed the flu virus for decades in the United States and beyond. We have studied it, we understand how it interacts. This is a very new virus. So I understand why someone would make a decision to go all the way to the cautious end of the spectrum rather than play Russian roulette with the lives of others. I'm okay with that decision, I'm not mad at it. Now, as we continue to learn more information, the policy should change. And it seems to me that the disconnect between my conversation and your conversation, I'm talking about the size we represent, is that you're saying we have observed it enough and I'm saying we have not observed it enough. And I think you and I would prob- probably agree when this thing first happened, we really needed to uh, implement protocols to restrict travel and restrict other behavior until we figure more out. So you and I probably started on the same exact wavelength when this thing first hit. Am I right on that? You are right. I definitely okay. understood the need for precautions early on. And what I find troublesome now is that. We seem to be taking more precautions and being overly cautious with the virus and less so with potential long-term effects of the vaccine. And we're not allowing people to make decisions based on the you know, the potential side effects there and not allowing them to be cautious before they get this vaccine that's only been on the market for a couple of years. I understand the science has been around for a long time. Yeah, but, but we were told that, initially, we for example. That, come on now, but, even when people say that, right? The vaccine has been around for a couple of years. The, for lack of a better word, ingredients of the vaccine have been around for well, over right, 20 like years said, and they've been tested. The science for the right, mRNA okay. vaccines has been around for a long time, as I just said. 
But here's the problem. Here's one perfect example of why people have a right to be cautious about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. As a woman, I was very concerned about potential effects of fertility. The FDA and all three vaccine companies, when the vaccines were first approved through emergency use authorization, said that there was no evidence that the vaccines were affecting women's menstrual cycles. Go forward a year after everyone starts to get these vaccines and they admit that there is a slight temporary change to women's menstrual cycles, which as we know are inextricably linked to our fertility. So if that's something that we can find out just in the span of a year, I think it's reasonable reasonable for people to say, I wanna wait and see what other effects come down the line from these vaccines. But you can't do that if your job is being threatened because of the vaccine mandate. I got you, I'm with that. We have a few minutes, we have like two minutes before the next, next show. I get that sentiment and I agree with your personal health decision. That's your personal health decision. You don't have to work in every industry. For example, if you work in healthcare, 80% of Canadians, it's over 80% in America, they believe you need to be vaccinated, okay? They almost 100% of people believe you need to wear a mask. You need to protect yourself and others if you are working in healthcare fields, even for the federal government and health related jobs. That's common sense public health practice. But you literally have a push back against those common sense practices by movements like this that are wholly linked to white supremacists. I, I, and, and that's a caveat to this conversation. Sorry, what? But they are, the, the, the Freedom Convoy is linked to white supremacists who have been arrested on the record. You didn't know that? Well, do you, would you say that Black Lives Matter protests have been linked to black nationalists and anti-Semites? Because there have been a lot of members of Black Lives Matter, by the way, a member of Black Lives Matter was just arrested down in Louisville, Kentucky for trying to shoot up a Jewish mayoral candidate. Do you then denounce okay. all BLM? Yeah. Let, let's do this. Uh, I denounce anybody who commits criminality As against do I. human beings, period. Now, let's be very clear about the issue of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, the organizers, those that are involved because I've actually marched with Black Lives Matter, I work with Black Lives Matter. They are adversarial to those criminal elements. They on just the bailed them side, out of jail, wait, Dr. Wait, wait a minute, sister, on the other <laughs> side, and I'll research that story, that's not a problem. I definitely do that. But on the other side, we're literally talking about a freedom convoy here where you've had 11 individuals arrested. The vast majority of them had body armor and weapons and ready to kill police officers. And they have not been even criticized by those on the right, nor have they been called out by the organizers of the Freedom Convoy. And you have an openly racist leader of the Freedom Convoy who's all over Canadian social media using racial slurs against black people, against Muslims, against others. And they are embraced, they are embraced by the Freedom Convoy. They are not rejected as individuals who subscribe to some movement in Black Lives Matter, people in Black Lives Matter will reject you if you are a criminal. That's not happening on the right. Well, I would like to see evidence that they actually embrace those individuals because okay. when I heard about it, I immediately condemned it. But Black Lives Matter- Where did you condemn it? Let me ask you, where did you condemn it? Can I find it on show. social media? At the beginning of the show, did, when you can asked I me find about it. You said you condemned it immediately. My show is yes. not immediate. Did you, you condemn just, it on social you just, media? I, I just learned about the okay. people being arrested on your show. Right. and I So I'm gonna look at your social media later today. And I wanna see if you're willing to condemn them on the record. Will you do that? This is on the record. <laughs> All right, will you do that on your social media? I don't allow people to tell me what okay. I can and All can't right. tweet. I condemned it right here on the show. That you is enough it. for me. You're afraid. I appreciate you being on the show though. Thank you so All much. All right, condemn the bail, condemn the bail. Yeah.